Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Guide to Living Inspired. Daily practical Jewish soundbites, and we are continuing the journey to explore the brachas, the blessings that we make throughout the day. And next week after Shavuos, we'll go deep into how to make a blessing and what to have in mind to make a blessing. And then we'll... Oh, you can mute yourself, Jacob. I'm hearing myself through you. Um, then that's the ultimate when you're reflected through through your students. Um, we'll go through the deeper uh, things we're supposed to mind when we say a blessing. We'll go through the morning blessings. It's a whole series of blessings. But this, we're still in the first three. We said, we said, on the lifting up of the hands, sanctifying our hands for the day. Then we make a blessing of a share yatzer we learned about yesterday, which is having a, uh, on the fact that our body works, and we learned all the different explanations of what that meant. It was quite lengthy yesterday. Um, now, today we're just going to go on to the next blessing. So we made a blessing on our body, says thanking Hashem for the fact that we have a healthy body. We mentioned one of the ideas is that our neshama and our body are connected, even though they have nothing in common. And today we're going to make a blessing on the neshama, which when you're sleeping, we've mentioned before, your neshama leaves your body. It means some of your soul, not all of your soul, because then you'd be dead. Some of your soul. The Talmud says that sleep is a 60th of death. That means it's a taste of death, a small taste of death. The number 60 in halacha, in Jewish law, is the number in which something is nullified. For example, if you have 1 60th of milk that falls into a pot of meat that's 60 times greater, it's considered nullified. It's not there, you can eat it. If it's anything less than that, you can't eat it. That means it's tasteable. Anything less than 1 60th is tasteable, discernible. So when we say that something is 1 60th of something, the Talmud says it's enough, it means it's just a faint glimmer. It's not really even tasteable, really, but it's there a little bit. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, actually, because based on what we just said, it's like it's not there. So maybe when the Talmud says 1 60th, they mean less than 1 60th. But they say that sleep is one sixtieth of death, which means it's a taste, a tiny, tiny, faint glimmer of taste that you can't even really taste of death. They also say that dreams are one sixtieth of prophecy, the taste of prophecy. So what's the connection between these two ideas? Is that when the soul disconnects from the body, it has now access to wisdom that it was uh, unable to access when it was constrained by the body. The soul goes out of the body and now has unlimited reign. Just like it says in the Talmud that a baby inside the mother's womb, a fetus, says conceived from one end of the world to the other, and it learns the entire Torah. What that means is that the, the fetus, the soul is not attached to the body of the fetus. It says that the soul is hovering over the body of the fetus, and therefore the soul is unfettered, can attain incredible wisdom. When it goes into the body, says the, the fetus forgets everything it learned when the fetus is born. The Talmud says that an angel comes and smacks the baby on the face, on the mouth. A deeper explanation is that the angel, the Malach, is pushing that soul into the body through the mouth, through the nostrils, and now it's attached. Once that happens, the soul forgets all of its Torah learning. Close to death, that connection becomes to be severed, and it's brought down in Kabbalistic sources, also in non-Jewish sources, that when a person is about to die, shortly before their death, they have more prophetic abilities. That's why Jacob blesses his children right before he dies. Moshe blesses his Jewish people right before he dies. 
receives prophetic vision of Jacob's which is a, a prophecy of what's going to be at the end of time and the Messiah and everything like that. And um, so because the soul is becoming disconnected from the body. So that's that's just a little introduction. So when we wake up in the morning, the soul comes back into the body. And now we're making a blessing on the soul. The blessing goes as follows. Elokai neshama. Hashem. The neshama, the soul, shenasavta be that you placed in me, taharahi, is pure. Ata barasa, you created it. Ata yatarsa, you formed it. Ata nefakta be, you blew it into me. Ata meshama bekirbi, and you guard it within me. Ata asid menu, and in the future you're going to take it away from me. And you will return it to me once again in the future to come. All the time that the soul is within me, I give thanks to you. Hashem, my God and the God of my fathers, Master of all actions, Lord of all souls. That's interesting. I never noticed that. Master of actions, that's like bodies. Adon, Lord of souls. Baruch Hashem. Blessed are you, Hashem. We'll find out what that actually means next week. Hamachzir neshamos lefagarim mesim. Who returns souls to give life to dead bodies. Wow. Okay. Um, there's a lot to be said there. But just one small Thing I want you to think about, okay? Just listen to the first words of this blessing, and I want you on your own to come up with a question. Something problematic. God, listen to these words, okay? First four words. God, the soul that you placed in me is pure. What's problematic with one of those words? Anyone? The soul you placed in me. Oh, what's problematic? I thought it's the inverse. Oh, that what? That it's, we are a soul. Oh, I always say, does, do you believe that you have a soul? No, you're not, you don't have a soul. You are a soul, you have a body. Your body is the clothing that your soul wears. Why are we saying a blessing that implies the opposite? I am me. The soul you place in me implies I am my body and I have a soul. What's going on here? So there are many answers. I'll just share with you one of them. I believe that Tanya explains that in the morning when you wake up, you're very physical. So when you wake up in the morning, you say, the soul you placed in me. I'm disconnected from my soul in the morning. I don't relate to my soul. It's something foreign to me. I'm my body. I've just been sleeping the whole night in my car. I'm very much identifying with my car right now. I don't want to get up. I'm grumpy. I'm not feeling it. Right now, I feel like a body. So I have to focus on the soul, on this foreign entity that I have to focus on. By the end of the day, you should have learned to identify with your soul. That By the end of the day, you are now a soul that has a body. It's a progression. It's all about where your consciousness is. Are you a body or a soul? The answer is yes. And I think this is the real answer. Whichever one you're focusing on, that's who you are. 
if we learn to identify with our soul, to focus on our soul, to, to learn how to understand our, our soul, we are a soul. Every time you're identifying with your soul and you are connecting to your soul, you are your soul. But whenever you're focused on the body and the bodily needs, me, 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 what I want, what I need, now you're a body. So it all comes down to identification. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. And uh, I hope, wish you a day and a, a night of connecting to soul and a day tomorrow of connecting to soul and uh, ultimately of body and soul coming together. Hopefully tomorrow we'll learn about Shavuos a little bit, but that's the goal. The goal is bodies and souls living in harmony as one.